The third hindrance is tinamida, which is the Pali words for lethargy and stagnation. Everybody translates these differently. Quite often the old translation is sloth and torpor. But since we're not 19th century British Oxford educated people, I will not use that term. <laughs> Who knows what sloth and torpor means anymore. I think we're coming closer to it with uh, stagnation. Uh, so the similes, there are two similes for it. One is the water simile. And the water simile is stagnant water where moss and water plants, various kinds of slime is growing on the surface of water. And when a person looks into this water, one cannot see one's reflection appropriately and one cannot see through it. The water is not transparent anymore. And obviously in that situation, what is it, the cause of this? I think we all know that it's the stagnation of water, the lack of movement, uh, lack of fresh water, and it might be the lack of uh, aeration or movement of air into the water. So that's something to keep in mind, uh, why I chose the word stagnation, because it's, it is the very simile that the Buddha chose. So the other simile, which is the from another list of five, is about one being kept in bondage in a cell, like a prisoner chained to a wall. Generally speaking, we don't chain prisoners to walls anymore, but that used to be a popular sport. So the feeling of being actually imprisoned in your lack of energy, of, of crystal clear mind, of fundamental life force. So something is imprisoning you, is holding you down. Now, if you've ever been uh, having a long nap in the afternoon or not wanting to get up in the morning, you know what that's like. You, you, you actually want to get up, but you, you fail. You fall back as if you were imprisoned somehow. So they're very beautiful similes of uh, being actually physically restrained or constrained and also a kind of stagnation. So this is a very common element uh, and it has a counterpart in uh, agitation and extreme restlessness, which is the other aspect of it. It's a, this kind of normative bipolar experience heaviness on one end and excessive agitation on the other. So what uh, is the cause of this? Uh, it is unwise attention once again. All of the hindrances have unwise attention involved to, to the heaviness itself, to one's own lethargy. You're unwisely attending and believing in it. So the cure for this is a number of possible things. One is simply to get up, uh, to visualize light or look literally at light, to go outside and get fresh air, 
These are kind of uh, physical things to go walking, to splash water on one's face. Even they say to pinch one's earlobes. Try it sometime, see if it works for you. And then there are mental uh, exercises which you can do. And one of them, the primary one is the realization that life is going by. To realize that if you are in reasonable health now, and at a reasonable age, this is the time to make effort. This is the time to invest in your own well-being and happiness in life itself. And if that's not enough of a stimulation, you have to remember death. And death comes anytime. It doesn't necessarily wait till you're old. It comes out of the blue, comes as a surprise. And this is a very energizing. Um, you'd be surprised, of course, the opposite of death is life. And what's missing in sloth and torpor in, the, in this, this, uh, this stagnation? is life energy. And so you should reflect on the reality of death, bring it up close. If you can make this real enough, you will, you will have a near-death experience. <laughs> it's a shame to wait for a nice accidental near-death experience. You can uh, contrive one in your own mind to realize that we're all having a continuous near-death experience. It's called life. It's called human life, uh, there's a substantial chance that you can die at any time. <laughs> uh, there's nothing predictable about it at all. So this is a continuous near-death experience which you're walking through in a kind of a blasé ex uh, expectation that you will live. This is completely unrealistic. There is no guarantee whatsoever that you will live. And so we have to bring that up as an assistant to us, not just to terrify us, but to make us alive. And so this is the uh, function of these uh, practices. And not only alive, but directing our life to what would bring us the most joy and happiness, and that is the inner life. The outer life is shallow, momentary hits of sensory pleasures, but the inner life has more sustenance to it, is sustained, and you practice it. So you are not uh, merely the subject of these passing moods. You don't blame it on yourself or your genes or anything like this. You have to fight for your life. And you have to fight skillfully for your life. Of course, uh, very commonly in this modern time, what does one do? Go to the doctor and get a drug, a stimulant. So one is feeling heavy and lethargic and so forth. One gets a stimulant. Notice that you would want a stimulant because uh, it's a very unpleasant experience to have. But far better than this, one should try, not just once, not five times, not ten times, but for the rest of your life to correct this tendency. What are some of the causes of this? Uh, in the simplest way, just overeating is a cause. Um, a lack of... Uh, direction and motivation to do something. For instance, if you don't know about meditation, you can get into a very stagnant kind of condition where if you've got enough money and food in the fridge, there's, there's not much else to do. So 
in the case of meditation, there's always something more to do. It's a lifetime's work, which, which never ends and um, which gets better and better. So you always have some work. So overeating, uh, dwelling uh, in lying in bed when you don't need the sleep, um, not, not changing postures. So one of the effective ways of, of changing your mind is to change your posture. Get up and walk around when you don't feel like it. That's just the time to do it. Um, stare up at the sky, stare at the light, get some oxygenation into this stagnant little pond of the mind. The stagnation of your whole life can be a problem. Um, I think that the small relationships we have, our little, our little job, and maybe our little relationship, our little marriage or whatever it is, can be often be a very small little pond. And, and it's, it's got mud in it, and it's got slime growing on the surface of it. It's not very expansive. So you can uh, expand your life. One easy way is uh, mudita, sympathetic joy, to enjoy the energy and uh, success and happiness of others is one way of overcoming boredom, but also overcoming this feeling of lethargy and stagnation. Uh, partake of somebody else's life uh, that is invigorated. Also, find good company. People who are alive and energetic, it's just amazing when you hang out with them, your human nature, it is your human nature to be influenced by who you um, are associating with. So associate with them. In some form or another, sometimes you can't get a hold of good, live, energetic, positive people. So find a book <laughs> that describes it, that pulls you into it. Listen to a, a podcast or watch a video, uh, something that will help you um, uh, in your human nature to associate with others who have this um, perfection of character, which is good, strong, uh, focused energy. And this is, these are some of the ways of overcoming this. And to be aware, this is not something that you want to live with. It's something that you cannot afford to live with. You need to infuse your life with uh, energy. It is one of the primary, perhaps the most often mentioned virtue in the Buddhist canon, energy, life energy, the strong desire to be fully alive and to solve the problem of life and death.